think uh, I think Bo might be a little bit um, uh, nervous with this whole thing. So I think we should just take the first couple of minutes and just mess with them as much as we possibly can. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. I think you should be nice to my friend Bo. He's a fantastic gentleman, a scholar, and a, and a, and a, and a contributor to the world of hockey buildings. That's all the more reason to mess with them as much as possible, isn't it? Um, no, no. We got to protect that man at all costs. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, Bo, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? I'm a little bit bummed out. We don't get to mess with you at least a little bit, but oh, uh, you can mess with me. I'm a good sport. Well, there you go. That's fun. <laughs> I don't want Ray to beat me up. He's 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 a very angry guy these days. You know. Ever since the Moscone Cup, I just feel like he's just been raging a little bit more than normal. We can't more. do it. That'd be Josh. That's true. I, I'm kind of of the mindset that if you see a problem, you know, and you don't take action to go fix it yourself, then you're just complaining. So I'm on my way. There you go. Hard to, and you're, uh, sounds like you're at a pool hall, huh? Yes. Yes, I am. Where are you at? I'm at a pool hall. I think we just discussed that. Yeah, you said it was top secret, remember? Oh yeah, yeah. I just want to see if he'd spill the beans. No, that, this is this is an egg you can't crack. This is, <laughs> seems fine. Well, All right. The yellow lockers, apparently. So it's probably not too many of those. That's the only Easter egg you get. Yeah. <laughs> um. So tell me about uh about about Bo. Bo's got a tournament coming up at his pool, doesn't he? Yeah, so obviously, if you're uh, if you're tuning in to, to check this out, we got Bo Powers on, hasn't been on the podcast before. We're bringing him on to talk about the tournament that he is running at Amazing Billiards. So uh, why don't you talk about your event, Bo? All right, so probably you guys have heard about it. It's the McDermott Classic uh, 2024. We did it last year, and uh, it's going to be bigger and better this year, of course. We added a couple events to it. Uh, if you don't know, it's a, it's a WNT nine-ball ranking event. Um, but we added a one pocket, 5,000 added, a one ball, one pocket, 1,000 added, and then the main event is 10,000 added, sponsored by McDermott. Um, Million Dollar Products is sponsoring the one pocket, and onepocket.org is sponsoring the one ball, one pocket. Nice, nice. So how did, uh, how did it go about getting all of your sponsors? So I, I guess... For full disclosure, what we're going to talk about today, uh, or what I would like to talk about today, is not only the event that you're putting on, but the background into how somebody like yourself would actually go about getting this done. Because, of course, this is a matchroom ranking event, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I would like to go through the process the story, of, yeah. Sorry. of how we actually got to that. So I, so I guess start out with your event. How long have you been running it? And then when did it transition over into a matchroom ranking event? Yeah, I can tell you the story. So this is going to be the second year. Last year was the inaugural one, obviously. And um, how it happened was Mason Shuni is the owner of Mason Billiards. He's a freshman three-cushion player, multiple national champion, and a really great guy and my boss. And um, he's been trying to do some sort of event at the room with a lot of money added for a long time. And eventually we got McDermott to sign on for – the McDermott Classic, and we were going to do this event, and we did it last year. It was going to be pool and billiards, and it was. And during the time, all the ranking events were getting started, and uh, Chris Wilburn had his ranking event, and I saw the post from um, Roy's Basement saying, like, oh, this is great. Congratulations, Chris, getting stuff over here. And I was like, you know, I was kind of scratching my head because I wasn't too familiar with that region or pool 
in any other part of the country, if I'm being honest. And uh, to that extent, at least. So I was like, why can't I do this? And I know one of my buddies who lived in Connecticut and was saying Shaw had one coming up. So I had um, a connection with the Magic Ball Rack guy, Roy. And uh, we had been, you know, he'd been sending me racks as a small sponsorship for a long time. And uh, I reached out to him and he kind of connected me with Matchroom. And I just said, hey, we got this event. We're going to have new cloth. We're going to have 5,000 added. We're going to have new balls. It's at Shuni's room. Can we do a ranking event? And uh, two weeks later, we signed the contract. And then seven weeks after that, we had the event. So it was pretty fast and quick, you know. Kind of just went for it. And Ray, you played in it last year, right? Yeah, that was actually probably my best overall tournament that I played last year uh, as a as a you know overall tournament. Um, it was my first time in in Walden, Mass to play. Uh, you know, and I know of Mason uh, in the three cushion circles. He's really well known as a national player and great guy. He was super super hospitable to the whole players. Um, Bo and him ran a great a great event. They also ran it in conjunction with another three cushion event, so it's cool to see like crossover disciplines kind of in, in, in the same room, which is a lot of fun to interact with some of the three cushion players. Um, also, Bo had just integrated is one of the first uh, pool rooms to integrate digital pools, so it was you know basically a, a, a soft launch for their room with a new system, and it ran really smoothly. I got to have. You know, I beat, uh, beat Wolford last year 9-2 in a set that I, I shot like over a 950 uh, TPA. You know, I shot a really high standard that match. Uh, Nick DeLeon had me 6-0. I came back and won 9-8. And then I also beat Jose Alberto Delgado in that event 9-5. So I had a really great tournament. Um, and it's a really cool old style kind of like classic pool room, lots of gold crowns. Um, in the tournament room, they have Rassen as well. And you know, Bo and his team. Ran it. Yeah, right. Bo, Bo and his team. Yeah, Bo and his team ran ran a really wonderful tournament. So, for my part, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, I have a lot of friends in the Northeast, so it's kind of a cool and fun way. I got to play some three cushion. I haven't played three cushion in a little while. Um, at least where I'm at, there's not a lot of three cushion tables anymore. I used to be in Miami, where you know they're, they're everywhere because um, of the Latin American in influence. But um, for me, yeah, it was a really fun event and uh, the scheduling was really perfect. You know what I mean? No, no, no real complaints as far as any of that goes to, you know, the running of the tournament and Bo, you know, Bo's taking feedback throughout from the players as well and trying to improve and make things awesome. And I know, you know, Bo last year, you also didn't have a, a full field and you had a promised payout. And I know Bo did the standard thing of, you know, committing to pay that money out uh, regardless of whether or not there was a full field. So I thought that was really admirable and shows and speaks a lot about you know, what Bo's about. We've had other promoters and stuff not do that, and it's caused problems for players, especially because it's a it's for ranking event, you know. So the money directly affects rankings for players and can mean the difference between you know being in consideration for a team USA and not. So you know, all that to say, I think Bo's a, a great guy, and I'm really looking forward to the event. I'll be there uh, next month. So um, yeah. So that has happened. Uh, obviously, Brayman hinted at it that it's happened before where uh, players didn't end up fulfilling the fields. Uh, there wasn't a full field. And then some players prorated their payouts based off of what it would be as it was a full field. Uh, it sounds like that happened to you as well, Bo. 
Um, yeah, for that event, we only had from the very first time I talked to Matchroom to the you know first balls hit of the event was only nine weeks. So as you can imagine, it was not a lot of time to get people to fly across the country to play an event. So we only got 77 out of 96. I think it was 77. But I ended up paying as if we had 96 players. So what it worked out to be is it was a 100% payback. And I had to add like 2000 bucks out of my own pocket. So, so I guess take us through, because I mean, I, I think that that's, it's something that you didn't have to do. Um, yeah. I don't think that there's anything that would require. Oh, I know where you're at. Of course I know where you're at. Am I going to see you tomorrow, Ray? I got to go uh, see you guys later. No, you don't. I'm about to go. Huh? <laughs> see you later, Ray. Thanks. Of course. Why wouldn't I recognize this pool room? Of course. Who is that? Uh, is that? Tyler's tired. Oh, Tyler's coming in the event. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how long are you up there? Let me say hi for a second. <laughs> Oh, you're not, not going to talk to me at all, Ray? You're not uh, going to be up there for? I mean, the bag, the cat's oh. in the bag now. I'll be, I'll be uh, gone tomorrow, so. Oh, I'll be up there tonight. Well, That's Appleton, good. I guess. But yeah, I, I, I do, I, I do got to bounce, but I, I do, I did just want to reiterate that Bo's awesome and um, the pool room plays great. I mean, I played a really high level game there that last year, and I'm hoping to kind of carry over the success from Derby and continue to help us in more top form and you know get yeah. we did tighten the pockets to four and a half inches for this event you know yeah it's great yeah i think i mean i'm i'm a fan of um both you know the tight pockets at like four i like four and an eighth maybe as a tightest four inches i just think you start losing some of the playability four and a half you know they're big for professional standards but you also get a lot of aggression a lot of like penalizes players a lot more. Certain players will be able to really punish you that yeah, maybe are, are on the fringe at four inches. So it's more the classic American standard, which I'm a fan of, you know? So. Thanks for coming on, Ray. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys got it. Text me if you need anything, uh, Nate, and we'll chat soon and peace out to everybody. Love you guys. See you later, Ray. Thanks for joining. Yeah. I guess just going off that discussion, I personally prefer, uh, six and a half inch pockets i just yeah. think, uh, me and Mason have a huge uh a huge <laughs> different of a difference of opinion about pockets but the one thing i can agree on is you know we did the pockets for four and a half inches for this event which was great because i think the pool needs some sort of standardization or five inches is crazy to me especially with new cloth but master yeah. actually asked to do four and a quarter they said hey well the hard part is, is if, if so I if, if you're gonna have five inch pockets it's best for the casual player right um it's like it's like for a golf course right if you're gonna set up a golf course it's not that hard to like swap it up between professional and amateur all you really I mean you got to tighten up the fairways a little bit you got to cut them maybe uh maybe let that greens or that uh, that rough grow out a little bit and then you move the, the you know the tee boxes back 50 yards whatever it is um you can't just exactly do that uh in pool right i mean the the tables are the tables and, every, and and anytime you tighten it up for a a professional event that's going to then hinder your your casual crowd that comes in because i mean who's going to want to play pool on a four inch pockets if you're if you're just a casual kind of ball banger player right no. but it's it's not like it's something that you could just switch back and forth 
no problem. You can add a tee box into a, a golf course pretty easily. You can't just add shims and then unadd shims in a, you know, it's, no, it's, it's an expensive and a very time. Yeah. Big project for us. I'm really time is, consuming. Yeah. We had to, uh, to get it done. I had to source some extra gold crown four rails and then we took a few at a time. We're actually not done with it yet. We got to finish it up, but it's very close to done. So I'm not very worried about it, but so we just, you know, I got the sets, swapped them out, brought them to the mechanic, got them back, and just did that several times because we have, you know, 14 gold crowns it's going to be. So, and then uh, we moved a bunch of stuff around and, but they wanted to tighten them up, but uh, it's just crazy for a pool hall. And that's the thing we actually agree on. I think there should be a couple of tight tables for, you know, guys like maybe our speed who want to play on a tight box or play one pocket. So, and the thing about our room is we do have casual players, but I would say like easily 85 to 90% of the people that come in have a, have a queue, you know, it's more like a player's room. We don't have alcohol. And um, I think that kind of separates like the That's true a bummer. bangers. Yeah. Well, you I know. guess I'm never coming there. Wait, is it BYOB? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if you come as a guest, well, maybe I can get you a beer or two. Wisconsin, you know, it's it's Wisconsin. The way it's, I'm sure it's amazing like, can hook you up. He's the boss, you know. He makes. Yeah. <laughs> you get what it's I'm not, saying. I'm, it's not. You know, I would actually wither away and die if I would didn't you? have alcohol. Yeah, because uh, alcohol is about sixty five percent of my caloric intake. So if I can't have alcohol, I just kind of just wither away and die. You know. It's, All right, that makes sense. It's, it's a Wisconsin thing, and we don't expect you to understand. Cheese and <laughs> no, cheese I've and had beer. my drinking days. There's fine. <laughs> No, that's good. All right, so uh, I, I guess I'm not really. Sure. I don't remember where we were at when uh, when we were talking to Ray, but you were just talking um, about the event. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, there's a, there's a few. Shut up, Tracy. I don't like it when people pick on me from the comments. I can't just like remove them from the the podcast. It's it's so, so much easier when I could just delete you from the podcast, but so much harder from the comments. All right. Um, Okay, yeah, so uh, there's a few events across the country now that are doing the one ball, one pocket. I kind of thought that was an interesting dynamic to your event specifically. Where did you get the one pocket or the one ball, one pocket, and why did you decide to include it? Especially for a $5,000 added event, right? Is that what you said? I'm so sorry, one second. What do you need? Put those headphones on. Put the headphones on, okay. I'm getting a pro tip here. Pro tip. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm You're good. If you can't tell, I'm stealing my mom's work uh, station well, right now. So I think. Uh, oh, that so is the, the fun part about this is, I think uh, you hear one ball, one pocket, and then you know they just start coming out of the woodwork to uh, you know players like Scott over here. He hears one ball, one oh, pocket. Hey, comes perfect running. timing. <laughs> That's pretty strong. Nice. Scott What's must have heard the uh, the one ball, one pocket talk. How's it going, Scott? Good. How are you? Good. Living the dream. Hi. Uh, so the last uh, question I just asked him, uh, I think it's an interesting dynamic. Um, the one ball, one pocket. There's a few events across the country. Uh, maybe you would know better than I would, but uh, it, it's definitely not a popular thing to have a, a, you know, a real one pocket or a one ball, one pocket event with some real money added. Where did that come from? Why, why did you decide to pick that game specifically? It's actually only a thousand added. Oh, is it, okay. It's a, so, so it's a 5,000 for the one pocket. Okay, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's still a lot. They usually have it as like a precursor to some of these bigger events, like the, the event at Buffalo's in New Orleans. I've been playing that event for, I don't know now, probably 
12 years and and they started doing that probably five or six years ago and i guess it's kind of more like a warm-up deal versus uh versus anything real major one ball one pocket goes real quick um it's fun it goes real quick doesn't wear you out and uh you know it's just so, it's just something nice to add to to the event kind of like sprinkling a few cherries on top i guess that's pretty much it i mean i wanted to get people to come in for the auction and uh, just kind of make it fun the night before. That's really what it was. And of course, Steve Booth lives right in New Hampshire. And I've known Steve Booth, who's the onepocket.org creator. And you guys probably know Steve Booth. I'm sure Scott knows him. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's who really kind of, kind of one of the guys who turned me on to One Pocket and we would play. So he was, he's adding some of the money to the, he's adding all the money to the One Ball One Pocket. And uh, he's going to promote his book and do commentary throughout the week. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was, it seemed like the recipe for these events and I wanted to give some of the players, you know, the better players that are coming a chance to have multiple events to recoup their money and make it worth their while. I mean, that is a lot of the game, right? Uh, I mean, Scott, you would know this better than anyone. Uh, when you're, when you're traveling all the way across the country, you know, 40 to 44 weeks out of the year, whatever, uh, a professional career. I mean, it's a little bit easier now, I think, because the prize funds are getting a little bit larger, but, uh, you know, 10 years ago, you're chasing, you're chasing 35 to 45 events yeah. per year. And you're, I mean, some of these events that you're playing in, I mean, you might be playing in some open event in the middle of, I, I don't pick a state, Arkansas, Montana, and first plot, first prize for it might be $1,300. And the only reason you're doing it is because it's in between, that's this right. event and the next event and you're hoping that if you can if you could win this 1300 bucks along the way that it co you know covers your travel from this event to this event <laughs> yeah that's that, that's absolutely right uh, and that's what happens nowadays luckily for me it's a little different like you said the money's better i cherry pick i play probably six or seven majors a year now um you know uh versus all of them but the younger guys can do it i you know it's it's very hard on me to do stuff like that but but there are, sucks. You know, <laughs> yeah it, it gets it gets old i've already i've already gone there been there <laughs> been there done that so i'm not too interested in traveling every inch of this country all the time yeah so you'll have three uh quote-unquote real events to make some money on um, of course, two of them are kind of specialized to the U.S. players, uh, the one pocket. Although I'll tell you what, the way that some of these Europeans are coming out and yes. I mean, you're talking like, I mean, Tony Joanne kind of, I mean, he's, he's known as like one of the, the, the more aggressive one pocket players. And some of these Europeans are coming out with the firepower. I mean, they're just making him look conservative. It's, it's well, silly the way some right. of these players overpower the game. They yeah, don't want to get into a movie game. Perry. The last couple nights, I've been doing commentary for the Derby, uh, all the one pocket stuff and some nine ball stuff. I just do it out of my house. Uh, my friend owns all the rights to that that content. And I actually just said the same thing. It's not even, they don't even play traditional one pocket. They're really just playing for the first shot. Their creativity, to be honest with you, it isn't really even fancy. They're just looking for the first shot because they shoot so good. And, and they can run out, right? And, and that's, that's really the simplicity of the game now. Um, whereas, like, if Chohan's playing filler, and I've watched this and lost money on this three times now, if he's playing filler, you're going to see a little bit more creativity because filler knows the game a little bit now. Um, 
but really he's limited because Filler's so fast paced and looking for the first shot. And it just, it's like two, three inning games uh, to where the game is almost like rotation. I, I, that's exactly basically how they're playing it, right? I mean, right, the way that right. you said it, uh, the, the, they're just playing for a one inning run out, right? I mean, that's, yeah. and, and Tony Johan, you know, he, I mean, if there was, uh, he was always that highly aggressive player that was trying to push those innings forward. He was, he wasn't looking at playing six or seven. Well, I was actually the one before him. You were, yeah, you were. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, I, I had you, you really brought that in. Goal. Yeah, you really brought that in, and then Tony just like went crazy with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. now, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's the average innings of – so tell me if I'm wrong on this, Scott. Uh, I would guess that 50 years ago, 40 years – let's say 40 years ago, the average number of innings per one-pocket game was probably in the 70s, maybe higher. At least. At and least. now with – and probably 20 years ago, uh, when you really started revolutionizing and Tony took it over, it probably went from the 70s to the 40s, and now it's probably down into the 20s? Well, I mean, I was – I was beating Tony for a long time. I mean, I beat Effort all seven times. There were one series innings with me, many, many games. But, but watching, you know, Ronnie Allen developed. Ronnie Allen had the most aggressive style 40 years ago and carried it to like the 20 years ago. Keith McCready was real aggressive. And then you had guys, you had guys like Pagaline, me, Corey Duell. I was the most aggressive out of all of them or the most creative out of all of them. Um, so, you know, I mean, you, you couldn't really put a number on that to like 40 innings. But to your point, probably on an average, I think it was a maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It would be somewhere probably around, I don't know, maybe 25 to 30 innings at times. But, I mean, you know, eight and out was always the best move, and I knew that at, at all times. But the problem with me is, well, a lot of people don't know it, but I have I have a serious condition in my dominant eye, so I I physically and mentally and consciously made a change to my style in order to compete with these guys because my shooting ability is no more, um, or I would still stay completely aggressive. You just can't do that if you have physical issues. But that being said, the game will never go back to what it what it used to be. Um, and, the, and there is another big problem there, right? Because we don't have a standard table for one pocket in the United States, four and a half inch pockets are, you know, amongst one pocket players, there's there's not a single one that'll say they're, they're good. They're way too big. And you've got rotation players that are shooting shots that are just un, um, not normal, right? And, and really they'll take a bank where they can lose the game, a long route bank where they can lose the game and take that chance to win the game versus if you're playing on four and a quarter or four and eighth inch pockets where the game actually really shows up, then players like myself become favorites. But that's not a possibility. So the innings, to your point and to my point, really become much less. Sure. And I'm, and I'm sorry, Bo, I'm not trying to take the, the no, you're highlights good. Away, away from no, your no, events. No, you're um, good, you're good. I think uh, I don't know. It's just fun to talk some one pocket every now and then. Um, what? So what do you? The tournament too. So yeah. What do you think the perfect size for pockets are? Do you think it's four and eight? We we've we one pocket still out, out here out west and amongst us knowledge uh, amongst us top players we've always agreed that four and eight is like ideal. Obviously, four and eight on a diamond with real worn cloth is going to play like four. 
but four and an eighth with newer cloth is going to play like four and a quarter. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a perfect size because you can dig balls out. You can play kicks to the, to the point. You can do a lot of different things. Four and a half is just too big. You can't dig balls out. You can't do, you can't shoot the little cross corners around the pockets and things like that. Uh, so it completely changes the dynamic of the game. The entire game changes per table, which is unfortunate. It's an unfortunate part of the game. Um, but it is what it is. We've been dealing with that forever. Um, here in Arizona, we have what, eight pool rooms and every pool room has at least two tables that are four and eight and they're being used at all times. I mean, they're just constantly being used. Um, but I think that's the way it is in a lot of pool rooms now. There's, there's, there's at least one table like Texas Open. Those are all four and a quarter that I, I believe that they're playing on. Um, the pool room I play out of now, Metro's all four and a quarter. The pool room down in Louisiana, they just had the event, is all four and a quarter. And that's okay, right? Because you can play rotation pool on four and a quarter, but you can but you can also play a high level one pocket on four and a quarter. Because of the takeouts and the kicks and the banks and things like that, there's just some things you can't do on four and a half. And, you know, but, but for events like the Derby, you know, they want four and a quarter with new cloth. They want them to play like five inches because they need those matches to get over with quicker. Yeah, I understand <laughs> both sides. Yeah. Uh, so, Bo, we're, we're bringing on Scott. Uh, what is your role going to be at, at this event, Scott? I think I'm like, I think I'm taking Bo's position. I think I'm just going <laughs> oh, to run the entire I no, can play kidding. pool now. Uh, he would probably be thrilled with that. I would <laughs> like guys that. Over there. <laughs> nah. uh, I'm, I'm doing three clinics from what I know of, and then I'll be doing a bunch of commentating and playing. Um, so I'll have a full week there, and I go directly from there to the PLP. But I think that I think that his event, I actually just got off the phone. I was just talking to Billy Thorpe on my way back here to the house, and he's supposed to give Mason a call trying to figure out if he's going somewhere else or if he's going to the ranking event, uh, which I hope he goes to the ranking event. I feel he needs to go to the ranking event. But uh, He won it well, last year. Yeah, he won it last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th I think it's going to be a great event. I'm excited. Uh, Mason is an amazing host. He, he's, he's from talking to him on the phone. Um, it seems like he's just one of those guys that cater to the player. And it's really nice to go to rooms like that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the formats, uh, some of the formats for the events. Uh, so the what, I guess, in order, what what uh, what order do the events go in? All right. So Tuesday night, it's March 12th. We're going to do the one ball, one pocket. We're, but we're going to do the auction for the one ball, one pocket, and the auction for the one pocket, and then start the one ball, one pocket. So we'll probably start like eight. Single elimination, it's races to four. And then after that, it's going to be the one pocket in the morning. The one pocket, we're doing a uh, two-stage event. So when you get to the top eight, it goes single elimination. So Wednesday is going to be the qualifying day, and Thursday is going to be the single elimination day. But there's a twist on that. Even though it's single elimination, I'm doing playoffs for the other spots. That way the payouts don't have to be so weird. I really don't like the payouts when it's single elimination. So, okay, so everyone's going to be makes... playing for their spot. So if, if you're, if you get finished nine yeah. through 12, you're going to be playing for that nine, 10, 11 and 12. Well, it will be eight on on. 
right? Well, we only paying okay. eight spots because there's the seventh, the seventh, eighth, you're going to be playing off for that money. Yeah. For fifth, sixth. Yep. They are. So I thought that was kind of a cool twist on it. That way we can speed it up and still have great matches, more matches for the fans to sweat. And then the players can still kind of play for a little extra money. Rip the bow, what's, the race to, what's the race to when it gets to a single elimination? Four. Oh, the race doesn't change. No, no, it was three, three, and then four. Got it, got it, got it. Perfect. Three, three, and then four. Oh, sorry. Three, three, then four, three. Got it, got it. So the playoff is three. So, yeah, sorry. I have it all written down. Um, And then uh, Thursday. So that's going to – that should finish by, like, you know, it depends. I've been looking at a lot of these events and the timelines with New Cloth, and I don't think it's going to take forever. Like Scott said, that there are bigger pockets, four and a half. With new cloth, I mean, it might as well be five inches, let's be honest. Uh, speaking of the Europeans, we do have a lot of the Europeans coming to play the one pocket. Like oh, Niels, yeah. Niels Fine is playing, Wichter Zelinski is playing. That's a name I haven't released yet, but uh, just a couple. And Mario, he's breaking playing news. the one pocket. Yeah, breaking news. Don't worry, it's uh, it's coming out in four and a half hours anyway. So I get the, <laughs> I get the Facebook thing doing it for me. And... Um, then of course we get the auction and uh another thing about the auctions is we're doing like a hybrid i've done them online to save time before and but this time we're going to start it online and finish it in person so that's a little bit of a twist so basically what you're doing is you're getting the the 40 percent of dead space out of the way where Okay, well, going once at fifty dollars, and next thing you know, they're closing it at eight hundred and fifty because nobody wants to bid in the middle because they think like they're just wasting their time. Yeah, so you're trying I'm, to get rid of that basically. During, during yeah, I mean, well, during COVID, it's, we used to just do it straight up online, and you know, the payouts, the auctions in the Northeast are not that great, no matter what. Like, you know, if you get ten thousand in the auction, then you, you're doing good. So that's I'm hoping that with this format, with some people in the room starting it online, where as soon as you walk in, it's already pretty high. Uh, we'll boost it up a little bit. So we'll see. It's, it's something we've kind of done over here where we started online, then we've done like a Facebook Live finish. So it's not completely new territory for the Northeast. So, yeah, that's a twist. I don't know if people realize that, but my buddy's actually making me uh, – special like auction program for online to compete with uh, an existing one but he's basically asking me all the specific things i want so i expect it to be pretty perfect which is kind of cool it's kind of the same relationship i have with digital pool right now where i can ask for things and they like literally do it and that's amazing and really well, cool, Isaac, cool shout out to digital pool because yeah. isaac is the sponsor of the podcast so of course isaac's the man does great work. Zach's pretty great too i don't know if you guys realize he's he kind of does more of the streaming side and then isaac's doing the digital pool side yeah so, I worked back in nashville we worked for like 27 straight hours zach never said a word i worked right behind him it was like unbelievable yeah people like, like that in this industry just put their head down and work type people yeah, I mean, he's on the road all the time, so I don't think people give him enough credit. I know he gets into some hot water online, but don't we all? So huge shout out to those guys working. Yeah, Zach really enjoys himself a good Facebook debate, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? I mean, I'm guilty of that, but maybe 
I don't think I have the <laughs> target on my back yet. <laughs> I actually, I just, tr I just tricked the, uh, I just tricked the Facebook algorithms. The, the <laughs> Facebook algorithms, the only thing that they think I want is like cat videos and uh, like funny dancing videos. So I don't actually get any pool stuff in my feet anymore. Which I'm telling you, it makes things a lot less stressful. It's oh, absolutely. Time. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot better than. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. So uh, I'm telling you, this algorithm, it's its its a really smart algorithm, but it can be tricked just like anything else. Just just start watching a lot of cat videos. You'll be good. <laughs> it'll keep it'll keep feeding it to you. <laughs> That's pretty funny. No. All right. So uh, so then the big event, obviously, you're, you're talking about the one ball, one pocket and the one pocket as uh, fillers for the real event, the main event, uh, yeah, the, the reason event you're putting is, the event yeah. on. So uh, that's a matchroom ranking event. So yes, let's let's. Let's hear all the, the details for that. All right. So it's a 128-player cap. It's uh, over three days. Starts on Friday. And basically – oh, excuse me. And every day basically kind of cuts the field in half. So we start with 128. The next day is 64. Sunday is 32. Uh, all those events are pretty much the same formula now. And it's uh, single elimination in the last 32. Sure. Right. No playoffs in that one because that's going to take a while. Uh, the last day, it's all shot clocks. Everyone's going to be on the shot clock the last day. And um, if you've ever been to the room, what you have, it's just two tables side by side, like five. So how I have like it. For turning the, stone setup, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a perfect way to say it. So I got last day, I'm going to use every other table zigzag. That way, when they're on the shot clock, they have a lot of space. A lot of space, and they're working on. Last year, they actually, I requested the shot clock, and they actually made it for me. And this year, they're kind of perfecting it, so it's pretty cool to see that happen. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't have a shot clock. I asked Isaac to do it, and he made it in like ten days, and we figured it out together. It was pretty amazing. So easy game. Yeah, I mean that was going to be oh, a huge hurdle for me. Shall receive. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. Like godsend. I mean, not to be all weird about it, but I was dealing with a different company before and it was difficult to get even basic things done. So going from where I text the, the creator and he messages me back instantly and he's a super cool guy. I mean, I can't can't beat that, you know. No. So and then obviously the matches are scheduled because we had a really late was very late last year. And that was probably like my biggest you know regret with the tournament. But you're living, you learn, and obviously, I'm working really hard to avoid that stuff and make it better. So, sure. Well, that's all you can do, right? Is uh, make mistakes, grow from them, learn from them, make sure they're not a mistake next time, right? Yeah, we have a so question. I, yep, Tracy wants to know: Are you? Uh, is it refs be racking or racking your own? The refs are racking the balls this year. I I just noticed a lot of pattern racking, and I didn't like it. So, and with templates. With templates, yep. Magic Ball Rack is sponsoring the event. Sure. All right. Uh, Scott, are you going to be playing it? I am. Yeah. I think I've got some decent points. I uh, I lost an early round. I don't know. And at Derby, then come through and Fortunsky beat SBB nine to three. And then I put a package on Fortunsky. And I don't know what round I got into. Ninth round. And then Mora played perfect on me. I didn't miss. I missed one ball against Mora. But anyway, he played perfect, broke better than I did. But yes, I'll definitely be playing. I've been playing way a lot more long ball than I've been playing one pocket lately. So, and I do like the game when I'm playing it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to playing. Sure. 
Uh, are you trying to make any sort of pushes this year for a Moscone Cup bid, or are you just you just kind of playing the games that you want to play and well, piggybacking off of your opportunities that uh, commentating for Matchroom? Yeah, I, I don't really know. Um, you know, I, I I don't have anything to say right now. I, I get word sometimes that I might be captain. I might. I, I don't really know what's going on to be honest with you. I'm just going to do my job. Um, I was hired to do all the majors in the United States as far as the commentary is concerned, which I'm very grateful for. And uh, they also gave me an opportunity to play as well, uh, if I'd like, in, in the events. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and we're just going to go from there, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on the other players and in communication with a lot of them. And, and really just, you know, I, I don't know anything. 100% don't know anything about the captain position, but, and I didn't volunteer for that either. Uh, I can promise you there's a lot of uh, things that I'm asking for if I was ever to take the job. I don't need 20,000 handed to me to uh, disgrace our country. And that, that's not what I'm in it for. I'm in it to be competitive and possibly win. And that's going to take some help. Uh, but other than that, um, I'm looking forward to being involved. I think Matchroom's on the right track. I really do. I think their production value is through the roof. Um, second to none. You know, I agree. It, it, yeah, it's second to none. And, you know, uh, I, I hope that there's more um, qualifi qualifying events or ranking events in the United States in years to come. Um, and, you know, I, I hope we fill this. I would hope we fill this event in Boston because Bo, Bo works his ass off, and Mason's a great guy as well. So really need that support uh, while while, uh, while it's going on. Because, you know, we're not going to get 20 years to, to make this work. If, you, if the players don't show up and then one day this event or these tours are gone and they're looking up in the ceiling saying, man, I have nothing to play in, well there's a good possibility it's it's partly your responsibility as well to to support these events yep yeah uh the players i mean a simple share i mean it, even if you're not going to go to the event a simple share in the event might might be that little bit more reach that uh yeah. you know um so scott uh i i mean i know you've listened to the podcast in the past because uh you've reached out to us before <laughs> yeah um i'm not sure if you've re i'm not sure if you've watched any of your recent stuff but i i made a claim uh after the u.s open that um your incident uh with um hunter was the best thing that could have happened to your career at this point in time <laughs> and i say that because a day later from that you're in the booth with matchroom and next thing you know you're commentating all these events and I, I think there's a lot of people probably locally to the Arizona area that probably uh, knew how great of a commentator you were, but across the pool world, people did not realize how, how great you were in the booth. I'm not going to say that. Of, that's crazy. That's kind of crazy to me. Oh, I knew it was great. I commentated for Ray Hansen for like five years. Yep. I worked with Billy and Cardone. But that's PPV. Remember, that's like, PPV. So unless you're paying for it. That's a good point. It's true. That's that's exactly true, and and so th that's where I was actually headed. It's weird because I felt like people in the states knew my commentary. I've done it forever, um, and then but never on I, a platform like that. Right when I did yep. the U.S. Open, which was ironic because before I went to the U.S. Open, I had already talked to Carl Boys, 
So to be fair, that incident with with better on Carl for way too long. <laughs> with, <laughs> to be with, fair, with, <laughs> to be fair with Hunter though, that my plan going there was already to talk to Matram about a possible yeah. a position commentating. It, I'm sure it. Uh, I'm sure it stimulated the opportunity yes. to say the least. Uh, but that being said, it was actually in my mind the whole time. Not when the incident happened. I can promise you that. My, I wanted to. I wanted to stab somebody with my cue at the moment. But, but. <laughs> and uh, I and I will say that you handled that extremely well because I can. I mean, I was on site. I I saw your face at the end of that. I didn't see the event happen, but I saw what happened. Like your interaction after the match, you handled it as well as you could have possibly handled that. Kudos. Appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much I could do. She she was uh, she was stern in her judge in her in her ruling, and I was I could see it, I could feel it, and I'm like, what am I going to throw a fit? Uh, there was just nothing I could do. That's yeah. uh, that's funny because so they, go ahead. Oh, sorry. They emailed me basically telling me that I had to make this event all ball follows, but in the past I used the turning stone rule because we use that rule in the Northeast almost at every tournament. Where it's only if you touch two balls or while you're shooting. Sure. So I don't know. So, so your event's an all-ball foul event. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. You know. Yeah. But they did tell me I have to do it. We'll see what happens. It can be. But, it can be tricky. Yeah. I. I mean. I. 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 I stand by my claim. I think that. Um, would you have gotten an opportunity anyways? Uh, probably. Maybe. Potentially. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But it you never know, right? it, it, I don't deny it. It, it yeah. definitely sparked the opportunity. But, but I would I venture I to say. It. I also think I kind of earned that opportunity. Sure. Absolutely. What, what I didn't realize is if I win that match, it's a redraw as well. And I started playing. I mean, in that particular match, all you guys saw was what you saw. Um, in that particular match on four-inch pockets, I missed zero balls. He missed like eight. And it was just one of those funny matches. We didn't have any problems throughout the match. I said nothing the entire match. There were 20 people on the rail there. I never said a word. Um, but I got better every match. And my, my nine ball game is actually, my 10 ball game stinks because I don't know how to break. But I have a big, big break playing nine ball. Um, and it was getting stronger. And I didn't know there was a redraw. If I would have won that match, there was a redraw. And I go into another bracket where would have helped me with points. I know I wasn't going to win the tournament, but uh, it definitely helped help the situation. But I can also tell you that when I did get the commentary job, they told me I could do two or three games in a set. They just they gave me a shot. They're like, yeah, let him do two or three games in a set, and then we'll put Jeremy back in. And I was like, oh god. Uh, you know, so, but after the third game, the producer said in, my, in the microphone, let him finish this out. And then the next morning they asked me to do the live TV stuff throughout Sky Sports, which is in, in Europe, uh, yep. which is semifinal, the quarterfinals, semifinals, et cetera, which was great. You know, I'm very thankful for where I'm at. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, in the moment, uh, you, like you said, you wanted to stab someone with your cue, yeah. but I mean, I, I, I hold firm to that. I think that that may have been the best thing for your career going forward. Obviously, Not, yeah, no, no doubt. Because then you're going to be set up with a lot of commentary jobs from here on out. I mean, you might yeah. you might be doing this for 15 years now. It might be. Longer. I've had to turn some away. Actually, it's, it's crazy. After the Moscone Cup, what's happened? It's crazy. Uh, you know how, how it's gone down. So, but I, I got to you know shout out to 
to Bo, and he's been amazing to work with. And no pun intended with amazing billiards, but he's been great to work with. And uh, <laughs> I, I just hope everybody's like that. Yeah. Thank, thank oh, you, uh, Scott. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's that's a pretty good uh, conclusion of what your event is. Um, how do people out there support it? I'm assuming you're going to have some sort of uh, VIP seating. Usually events like this do. Are you? Yeah, we are. We're going to release that uh, probably next Monday or Tuesday. All the details. Uh, we are going to we have multiple multi tables streaming. So that's going to be pay-per-view. The main table is going to be free. Uh, sharing the event. If you know anyone wants to sign up, we do have some space left. Uh, not a lot of space in the smaller events, but there is some space in the nine ball. And uh, yeah, just supporting and sharing goes a long way, like you said, and it's free. You don't even know how much it, it goes. Free, yeah. People don't see it. And uh, yeah, just getting it out there is huge. When once Facebook picks it up, it can go really far too. So yeah. that goes for everything. Everything pool. Everything, yeah. This podcast. A share goes a long <laughs> ways, people. I didn't share it, so I'm kind of mad at myself. I was looking I to share it on the phone. I didn't share it either. Uh, that's probably why I couldn't find it. Well, please tag me in this, and I'll, I'll definitely share I'm going to find it and share it, though, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess anything else, anything else that I missed, uh, I'm give a, give a shout out to your, uh, your sponsors one more time for supporting it. Obviously if, if you're out there and you're looking at, uh, supporting the pool industry, start with the companies that are actually supporting the industry. So give them yeah. a shout out. Million dollar cues is, uh, you know, a new one that no, not a lot of people know about. They're adding a lot of money to this event. So please support them. They have a lot of nice products. McDermott obviously is supporting this event. Uh, one ball, one pocket in the box sports, ship the cash. Uh, Perimeter Billiard Lighting is sponsoring this event. I know I forgot one, like dummy. Jeez, uh, what's the other ones? <laughs> Put you right <laughs> on, on the spot. spot. Right on the spot. Hold on one second. Well, I think that's pretty much all of them. Oh, Magic Ball Rack. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's the main ones right there. And then all the all. all the tournament brackets are going through Digital Pool. So yes, and Digital Pool. How could, I, how could I forget Digital Pool? I knew there was one. Okay, so both of the... Uh... We'll be at McDermottClassic.com to find the brackets. Really easy. Okay. And then uh, one more time, uh, the dates of the event. It's uh, March 12th through 17th. The 12th is the one ball, one pocket. The 13th and 14th are the one pocket. And then the 15th through 17th are the nine ball. It ends on St. Patrick's Day. So shout out to McDermott there again. Perfect. Um, and then anything else, either one you guys want to highlight before we close this and wrap this up? JJ, Jeremy Jones will be doing some commentary too. I know we didn't talk about him, but yeah, he's going to be there too. So shout out to Jeremy. All good, Scott. Great. Thank you, guys. Yep. I appreciate you guys for joining. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and sharing along the way. And uh, yeah, check out uh, Amazing Billiards and Bo Powers' Facebook page. Follow him. Give him a, give him a follow. Um, sign up for the event. Help him fill this one up so he doesn't have to reach into his pocket this time. Sorry you had to do that. It's all right. And with that being said, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll be, uh, we're actually going to be running another podcast right after this in about seven minutes. So uh, we're going to be having two podcasts today and another one that's going to be a secret one that's uh, it's going to be coming out on Saturday. So three podcasts today. Thanks Fun for fitting stuff. me in. I appreciate it. I really do. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody.